So first of all, let's just start then by taking a look at this really quite shocking study that Oxfam have done. Just tell us a little bit about what this research has found. Well, it, it uh, some fascinating figures. So 3.5 billion uh, new clothes will be bought for the Christmas party season this year. Um, sorry, three, uh, 3.5 billion pounds will be spent on new clothes for the Christmas party season. And, the, you know, the thing that really shocked me was that 8 million of these items will only be worn once. And um, a further uh, kind of thing to get your head round is that we don't, uh, it doesn't occur to us when we've finished with our clothes to pass them on for recycling. So a quarter of those who say they will only wear the item once over the festive period will, um, will not pass them on for further use. And that in itself is, is sort of, is, is, well, obviously it's very shocking in itself, but that sort of seems to me to sort of uh, reference really our psychology and what we think about how we look. It's the image thing, isn't it? That we feel like we can only wear them once. Why do we feel like we can only wear an item once in the first place? Oh, great question. Well, you know, I think we are now thinking about um, being an individual brand and certainly social media has encouraged people to present themselves digitally as sort of their best self or an amplified version of themselves. And so what we've seen is that people buy clothes uh, or order clothes, photograph themselves in them and return them. So they're not even buying them. So clothes have become uh, a vehicle to sort of elevate the, you know, selfhood, if you like, rather than actually being a functional tool, we should be we we wear clothes for comfort and for warmth and to say something about ourselves. But you know, millennials have given them a new usage. Uh, key, I think, is us making a bond with the value of that garment. I call my clothes friends. They're in my wardrobe. They're my armour. They're my comfort blankets. I wear them over and over again. And I style them differently. The The idea that I would go to a lot of trouble to choose something that would look great, that I want to wear, and then I would only wear it once seems totally alien to me. But... Um as a millennial myself, sorry, this is Sarah speaking now. I Hi, just Sarah. Um, hello. It's lovely to speak to you. Thank you. Um, but I, I don't know. We are sort of not. I don't. I'm not saying you're blaming us, but it is. Um, it's become sort of a, a thing that millennials have changed the way that so many things work. But we are living in a world that's been created for us by other generations. And although, as you say, social media has had a huge impact, it's. Um, it, we are shown images in the media we're shown other people's instagram accounts we are made to feel as though we have to keep up um and like how how do we combat that sense that we have to be on trend we have to have the latest thing whether it's fast fashion or not such a brilliant point and it's about our beliefs isn't it so if we are buying into a culture in which we agree that we want to engage with a, a, a a quick turnover of image and we want to engage with a sort of commercial vehicle 
those commercial vehicles that are selling very fast fashion that, you know, when we stop and think about it, we realise that it's possible that that price is there because people over the other side of the world who are making it have been paid so little. That's when we begin to connect with our power and becoming a discerning shopper. I'm a huge believer in the power of the purse and that we can make choices with... um, what we choose to do with our money and who we place it with so that we are supporting brands that perhaps are giving us the messages or the services that we need and we are turning away from brands that aren't considering you know, environmental needs or the needs of the worker over the other side of the world. And of course, it comes down to budget. There are many small companies um, and there are large companies now, People Tree being an excellent example of brands that put uh, sustainability and uh, working with uh, in, in a fair trade way at, at the absolute top of their agenda. But it, there, there is a price increase for those uh, considerations and not everybody can uh, afford those prices. So this is where companies like Oxfam come in. I've got um, two daughters who have always bought clothes from secondhand stores, as do I. And when, you know, that's half the fun for me is looking through the, the rails of a secondhand shop. And when you hear this fact, which is what really kind of uh, inspired me, is that if you are spending £10 on a garment in Oxfam, 100% of that £10 goes on to help people in extreme poverty. And one example of what it can do is uh, supply clean water for 10 people in a refugee camp. Mm. Wow, it is. That's a huge thing to to bear in mind. That and and you know we're talking about fast fashion. It's been in the news a lot recently because, of course, there's been the ongoing sort of inquiry, isn't there, into the whole mm. sort of fast fashion industry. There was the event at the VNA last month. People saying some very interesting things. What have we? What do you think we're learning from this? And do you think the industry is learning? And and can we actually? make changes because of course in saying oh you know we need to be aware of microfibers or we need to pay extra money to people that are creating our clothes or we need to stop sort of buying things that are super cheap it sounds like it's sort of a fairly easy way of making changes but actually the impact on that on employees on uh, big businesses it's a huge thing to try and turn around isn't it it is. And I, I, I think sometimes that, you know, we all make the mistake when we say fashion, that we think there's somebody at the top steering it. But in actual fact, it's an umbrella word for thousands of businesses, big and small, who uh, who operate around image. And so there's this idea that business will self-regulate and that everybody will do the right thing. But, you know, we know from experience, fashion is just like any other business. It is concerned with profit um, and turnover. Those are really the only things that motivate a business. And if a business isn't seen to be profiting and its shareholders are unhappy with its performance, it can go down very quickly. So 
bringing in agendas around sustainability, around, you know, my pet, pet um, kind of uh, sort of focus around body image and pr promoting a, a healthy spectrum of, of body difference for people to see. These often come from activists, people who are passionate about these things and who do it not because they're driven by profit, but because they are driven by wanting better for consumers, wanting better for people over the other side of the world. And it's those people who then find their way into companies or create social media platforms which educate others. And slowly but surely, we help motivate big companies towards uh, a kind of better way of doing business. And that's where the power of the consumer comes in, because if we are en masse not happy or satisfied with the way a business is seemingly um, kind of fast turnover, uh, no real policy or attention to uh, toxic chemicals, and is certainly not showing us on their website that they have any uh, corporate social responsibility towards their workers or towards moving things on, then why don't we just pick up our money and put it with a company who, you know, matches out the price that we need to spend, but who shows that they're trying to push agendas forward? If we were doing that en masse, we could see things change quite quickly. Um, it's so sad that um, those of us who do buy consciously and shop consciously are already believers in that and already aware and that that's what drives our decisions. I myself today am wearing my Fairtrade Lucian Yak Dungarees uh, rather <laughs> Beautiful proudly. Beautiful they are too. They're, they're, they're fab, they're a really great company um, and it, they're very transparent and you know exactly where your clothes are coming from and who they're benefiting or the, the income is benefiting. But how do we, um, although we want to encourage these big companies to adopt more ethical practice and um, provide us with clothes which don't cause harm to other people you know why should we be allowed to wear a pretty dress that has caused misery to someone else's life um unfortunately like there are and i won't mention any names here but there are some big companies that i've noticed recently are doing like sort of ethical lines as they call them but when you look into it it turns out that perhaps they've used um sort of i think it's over about 80 percent of a sustainable fabric not necessarily um the the processes aren't necessarily sustainable and also um organic cotton is a big one how do we know that they're they're ethically sourcing their organic cotton it can it can create a problem where something's being marketed as something it isn't really um how do you feel about that we don't know. And, that, you know, provenance is a, is a huge issue because there are hundreds of different processes within the makeup of one garment from the from the carbon footprint to um, their sourcing and their suppliers to the workers and the way that the workers are being treated. This is a huge amount for any consumer to have to be across. And so I tend to be uh, I, t I tend to take a broader view, um, which is one of optimism, which is we are all trying to get ourselves into that space and that we are we can help educate each other. There, there are technologies already being devoted to being able to monitor and rack up um, all of these aspects to be able to then create some kind of ranking that in the not too distant future, we would have a phone app in which we could begin begin to scan um, 
you know, the information and that these companies would be duty bound to log this information so that we can understand who to spend our money with. We're limited in a way by our own imagination of what can be. But I think while there is that complexity, you can then look at the simplicity of making a choice to support a small up and coming brand as you have and making a choice to buy less because your your spend will cover the cost of of one garment not five or you can take your budget your limited budget and you can take it to a charity store or a second hand store and know uh, that when you are buying that you are uh, preventing an item of clothing from going to landfill because you've given it another usage. Know that you will be passing it on again after that, taking it back to that same store to give them a chance to sell it again. And that 100% of your money, in the case of Oxfam, goes to help people in extreme poverty. So we can simplify things. And if we're choosing to spend our money in a different way, uh, believe me, the market is constantly tracking how we spend and where we're spending. And they notice the shift of money and the shift of spend. And that is why, en masse, we do have so much power. Brilliantly positive and empowering message to end on. Uh, just let us know where we can go for more information. Um, you can look on any uh, Oxfam website. The Oxfam online shop, which is oxfam.org.uk, uh, will give you all the information you need.